Come on, on this Friday morning, would you stand to your feet and make some noise simply because you can? Come on, is there anybody excited to be at North American Youth Congress 2019? It's Friday morning. Come on, I can't hear you. Anybody excited? You've waited two years to be right where you are this week. From Wednesday on, some of you Tuesday on, you've taken time to be here. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm excited that it is here. It is the final day of Youth Congress 2019. I don't like saying that, but there is something special when you look back on Wednesday and Thursday. What God has done, there's anticipation for what God is going to do today. Is there anybody that believes? Come on, is there anybody that believes? Look at the person next to you and say, you're in the right place. Keep looking at him. This is very important. Keep looking at him and say, I appreciate you sitting next to me. But let's get some things out of the way. Don't look at me. Look at them. Look at them. Say, mom and dad, my family, my youth pastor, my pastor, they sacrificed a lot. Come on, tell them, I put in a lot of effort to make sure I was at Youth Congress. And so I want you to know, I'm glad that you're sitting by me, but just so you know, I came with a made up mind this morning. I'm not gonna be distracted. I'm not gonna worry about what anybody else is gonna do. And I'm not gonna let you dictate what I do today. So I just want you to know that I'm ready for God to do something in my life on this Friday morning session. If you feel that way, would you clap your hands today? I wanna say it's an absolute honor to stand, to worship with you, to pray with you, to connect with you today. And I want to give honor to the team, Brother Carson, Brother Ranking, Brother Thomas, the entire committee, all of those that are making it happen. And I know your youth worker is probably in another session, but would you make some noise for your chaperones, for your youth pastor? Come on. They're making sure you're fed, making sure you have a place to stay. Show them some love. They deserve that. They deserve that. We give them honor. And the same way you would give them honor if you would allow me, I want to give my pastor honor. Pastor Todd Johnson, brother and sister Johnson, have been my pastor. I've been at Revival Center since I was 12 years old. Since I was just a little Juanito, I've been at Revival Center. And I want to give, I want to give honor to my pastor, and I want to encourage you. Stay close to your pastor. Stay submitted to your pastor. Love your pastor. Can I say that? That all right? I feel like it would be received here. I love you, Pastor Johnson. I absolutely love you. Appreciate and so grateful for my pastor. My beautiful wife, Ashley, she is here. I love you, girl. I love you. And I want to tell, tell you today, you don't need to, don't be, don't be here because you're trying to find a wife. You, you just, just work on yourself, okay? Don't look for your spouse. Just, just work on yourself right now. But I want to say this, I want to say this, it matters who you marry. It matters who you marry. 
Girls, don't be looking around just for somebody that looks good. Guys, don't be looking around for somebody that just looks good. I know that's important and that's part of it, but you better get more than just looks. You better get somebody that will pray with you, somebody that will fast with you, somebody that will cry with you, somebody that will worship with you, because if you can't start there, you're not going to want to continue later. I better calm down. My bad. I didn't come to teach on relationships. But if you would go with me to the book of Numbers, chapter number 11, and as you're going there, I want to give I want to give honor to my youth president, Brother Tyler Sullivan from the Western District. I want to show love to California, Modesto, our church. I love y'all, my people. And it is an honor for us to worship together with everyone from every other state and every other country. Numbers chapter number 11. Numbers chapter number 11. Look at the person next to you. Say, that's the Old Testament. And you can read it. You can read it on the screen or hold it in your Bible. And when the people complain, somebody say complain. It displeased the Lord. And check this, not only did it displease him, but the Lord heard it. Verse number two says, and his anger was kindled and the fire of the Lord burnt among them and consumed them. Somebody say on the outside of the camp. Next verse, and the people cried unto Moses. And when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. They didn't cry unto the Lord. Moses Moses had to go to God because of the people crying unto Moses and unto the Lord that he heard. It's something, when you have your own relationship, you can go straight to God. But when you don't, you need somebody else to approach him on your behalf. Next verse. And he called the name of the place Taborah because the fire of the Lord burned among them. And verse, and the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. It was a craving. And the children of Israel also wept again and said, who shall give us meat to eat? Who's gonna give us meat to eat? We remember the fish, somebody say the fish. We ate in Egypt freely, the cucumbers, somebody say mm-hmm. The melons, somebody say that sounds refreshing. The leeks, onions, and garlic, look at somebody else say that's straight nasty. But now our soul is dried away, there is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. In verse 34, last verse we're going to read here. And he called the name of that place Kibroth Hadavah, because there they buried the people that lusted. The New King James says that craved. With the help of the Lord this morning for this time that we have in this session, I want to speak to you today. Somebody say to me, a new normal, a new normal. I know you've worshiped, I know you've tired, everybody's tired, it's Friday. Look at the person next to say, get over it. Look at the person on the other side say, I know you're hungry, get over it. But if you're ready for God to do something right now in this session, would you lift your hands? Would you lift your hands, would you pray with me? It's gotta come from you. It's not only my prayer. God, I'm asking you on this Friday morning, God, your spirit moves in this place. I pray over this young person here in the front, there in the back, those that are hungry, those that are ready, those that are wanting it, God. I pray your anointing over them, and I pray as you would anoint them, that you would anoint me. I pray that you would anoint the other session speakers. I pray that you would remove error from my mind and from my mouth. God, help us to speak your words today. We ask this in your wonderful, holy, precious, and powerful name, in the name of Jesus. Would you shout his name? 
You may be seated this morning. As you know, in sessions, there's a lot of going in and a lot of going out. There's a lot of things, and that's okay. Chaperones are trying to get people and doing all that, but I want you to stay focused with me. Is that all right? That all right? You all ready? Are you guys ready this morning? Some of you are. Let's go for those that are ready. They had not been out in Egypt, out of Egypt very long. It wasn't too long of a journey that they had been out, the Israelites. And most recently, they had taken a three-day journey with the ark, and they are there, and it starts with chapter 11. And the way that it starts is that the people are complaining. How many in here hate when people are complaining? Talk to me, talk to me. How many have ever been around somebody that's complaining? I am so tired. I am so hungry. You know there was five of us on one bed because our pastor was, our youth pastor was trying to budget. I didn't get any sleep. Homeboy was sleeping in the bathtub. What's her name? Was laid out on the couch. The other one was had to sleep on the desk because hey, all the youth pastors know you gotta save money. And so sometimes you walk into complaints and one of the most annoying things is when you're around people that are constantly complaining. The water's too hot, the water's too cold, this coffee's too strong, this coffee isn't strong enough, my feet hurt. Why'd you wear the shoes then, girl? Come on. I almost lost all the girls. Let me get you back. Those shoes look amazing, you deserve those. Put some Band-Aids on those feet and you go, girl. But we know what it is to be around people that are constantly complaining. Check this out. They are out of Egypt. They are no longer slaves. But here they are complaining. You know what's amazing? The further you get from your bondage, the less grateful you are. When there's a little bit of distance between what God has done and where you are, you didn't always have a suit. You didn't always have the opportunity to walk into Congress, but now that you do, you got some options. And so my praise is a little more quiet. I require a little more attention and entertainment if you wanna get me out of my seat. I just wanna tell somebody today, you better make up in your mind that you're gonna change some things. If there's gonna be a new normal in your life, you gotta change the conversations you've been having. You gotta quit the complaining. I know, I know this isn't a word that you said, oh, I want this. But before we go any further, you gotta make up in your mind, you're not gonna fill your mouth with complaints. Why? Because it matters. God listens to our conversations. He's there. They're making their way. They're, I see them complaining about everything. They're in the desert, it's hot. Like, oh, this is ridiculous. I feel like I'm gonna pass out. I don't think I can make it another day. Hold my camel. I can see one of them, you know, because camels are straight. Those are just thug animals. You ever seen a camel chew the way they chew? That's straight attitude, straight thug animal. Try to get me up. I can see one of them pulling that camel with all they have. It won't cooperate. This is ridiculous. It's hot out here. Why did we leave Egypt? At least I knew where the water was. At least, at least I had some things that were comfortable. 
going somewhere today. At least I know how to live in my bondage there. There were some places that I got comfortable. I knew how it was to live under the oppression. I knew how it was to live as a slave and still be okay. They were complaining. I could see them complaining about all kinds of things, especially the fellas. All the fellas, they were probably complaining about the sandals. Look at the person next to you and say, chanclas or sandals? Amen. Say amen. Somebody needed that revelation right now. I could see them walking in the dust and the dirt, getting their chanclas all messed up. Bruh, look it, man. I just dusted these bad boys, bro. I just got these. You know which ones these are, right? We, I got these when we went through the sea, bruh. These are the split the sea ones. And you got homeboy over here, he's like, yeah, those are fresh, those are nice, but check out my dry ground zeros though. Fresh. Got those right past when we passed it, looking good, and first thing we're out here doing is scuffing them up. They were complaining about everything. Not happy, forgetting that they were no longer in bondage. Forgetting that they were free. Forgetting what God had done for their life. I want to stop and tell somebody today, your conversation has to change if you're going to go where you need to go. Because what you've been saying, yeah, yeah, God listens to your prayer. God hears your praise. But you better understand this morning, he also hears what is coming out of your mouth that'll stop you from moving forward, that'll keep you from getting where you need to go. So you better make up in your mind, what I'm going to talk about is how far we've come. What I'm going to talk about is look what God has done for me. Look where I used to be, but look where I can walk now. I know there's some bad days. I know there's some trouble. I know there's some dust and some dirt, but look at what God has done for my life. In order, in order to not allow that to consume your life, you gotta be grateful for what God has done. You gotta be appreciative for what God has done, what he is doing in this moment right here today. Don't let this be just a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday event. I believe what God is trying to do right here in this week is create a new normal for somebody, a new normal for a youth pastor, a new normal for a young person, a new normal for a youth group to make up in their mind. The way I walked in is not how I'm walking out. God, I know that what you are doing today is gonna have a lasting effect, not only on me, but on my family, on my city, on my church. I believe, God, that what you are doing in this moment is not enough for me just to experience it, just for me to dry some tears and walk the same way that I came. Oh no, I come to tell somebody on this Friday morning what God has done in your life this week is to change where you walk, to change where you go, stop setting for this to be a weekend event. Stop settling that your life isn't going to be changed when the tears are dried. There's got to be something inside of you that says from this moment, I'm going to operate differently. From this moment, I'm going to act differently. I'm going to talk differently because of what God is doing right here, right now. It's so serious to God. He hears the complaints. And check out what God does. Look at the person next to you and say, God, don't play. He sent, God doesn't like just try to scare them. God sends fire down, kills those on the outside of the camp, straight kills them with fire. You would think that would solve the problem. 
You would think, okay, all the bad people are dead. They got fried. This is awkward. I knew them, knew them, knew them. I'm not gonna say nothing anymore. I'm gonna be quiet now. I'm sorry, God. That's what you would think. But the Bible says in verse number four of chapter number 11, and the mixed multitude that was present, that was among them, fell a craving. And the children of Israel also wept again. The mixed multitude. You can see this in Exodus 12 and 38 when you have time. The mixed multitude that came out with the children of Israel. It wasn't just Israelites that made an exodus. There were some people in the crowd, some people that they had connected with that didn't believe the way the Israelites believed. We're going somewhere today. There were some people that got in the group that didn't have a covenant, that didn't have a promise, that didn't believe the same way the Israelites believed. And they found themselves in the same group. I don't know how it all went down, but I can imagine somebody saying, hey, do you want to go with us? Where are you going? We're getting out of this place, bro. We're, we're take, where are you going? I'm going with my boy Moses. He's taking us out. We're going to go out. Where, where are you going? Promised land. Promised land? What's that? We got milk, honey, Chick-fil-A. In and out. And whatever else you like. We got it all. You want to come with us? Well, what do I have to do? Just come with us. Just walk with us. Just be with us. Just hang with us. They didn't realize the introductions in that moment while they were in Egypt that would follow them out on the way to the promised land. I got to tell this teen session on Friday morning, you got to be careful about who you allow yourself to walk with. You got to be careful who you find next to you as you're strolling away from your bondage. You better be careful about the people you allow yourself to rub shoulders with. You better be careful about the people you allow to be influences in your life. I want to preach to some teenagers today. I know they're cool. I know they're popular. But if they don't want anything to do with God, you better not let them influence your life. You better check yourself. You better check yourself. I can't kick it with people that don't value the word of God. I can't kick it with people that don't want the presence of God. I can't hang with you if you're not interested in what God wants to do. You don't got hear me today. You don't got time to let the mixed multitude in your life they ain't going to pray with you. They ain't going to cry with you. They ain't going to believe with you. They have, hey, all they're interested in is getting out. You better be careful when you surround yourself with people. All they want to do is see what they can get out of the relationship. Y'all, can I say that again? You better be careful about people that have no interest in investing in the kingdom of God. All they want is what can I get out of it? If I can get out of the bondage, if I can get away from this, what can be added to my life? 
If I could slow down for just a minute and tell you, when you surround yourself with people that are against the voice of your pastor, when you surround yourself with people that are against the leadership that is trying to get you to heaven, when you surround yourself with a mixed multitude, they start talking all kinds of junk. They start talking all kinds of mess. And when you're tired and when it's hot and when you're frustrated, all of a sudden you bend your ear and you start listening to it because of the place that you have found yourself. And what they were saying, as crazy as it is, because of the condition you found yourself in the desert, you start listening to their influence. But I gotta tell you today, you have to make up in your mind. Your pastor loves you, your youth pastor loves you, but the teenagers right here at Youth Congress have gotta make up in your mind. I don't got time for a mixed multitude in my life. I'm preaching to somebody today. I don't got time to hang with people that don't want to make an impact on the kingdom. I don't got time to hang with people that, don't, that aren't interested in soul winning. I don't got time to kick it with you if all you want to talk about is the culture of this world and you never want to get on your knees. There's got to be something inside of you. I need people that surround me that value prayer, that value the things of God, and don't be embarrassed about it. The mixed multitude. You want to know why it's so dangerous? I try to move quickly this morning. You want to know why it's so dangerous? Because the conversation, you may be seated, the conversation that the mixed multitude initiated was this. They get around them real smooth. Hey, you remember? You remember what it was like in Egypt? Bro, it wasn't, I felt like at least we had shade there. Bro, remember, remember, we didn't have to take care of our own camels. They had the elite professional camel caretakers, whatever. You remember what that was like? Then they start going into it. Everybody's hungry. They've got an appetite. You remember what it was like? The cucumbers, a little bit of lemon, a little bit of salt. Little, little bit of tahine. I felt a witness right there. I felt a witness. Throw a little bit of that, you mix it up, bro. You remember how good that was? And the, and the melons there, so refreshing, give life. Look at us out here now, man. Don't you remember? Don't you remember? I gotta talk to somebody for just a second. What's in your mind? What are you remembering? What are you allowing yourself to dwell on? What are you allowing yourself to think about? Because I need to make sure that we're clear on something. One thing that they left out about Egypt, they were slaves. The enemy won't ever tell you, yeah, you were eating those cucumbers chained up. You were eating those melons with a strict schedule that you had no control over. You belong to somebody else. I want to tell somebody today, the enemy will put things in your mind and cause you to remember and dwell on, but he leaves out the fact that you'll be depressed. He leaves out the fact that you'll have suicidal tendencies. He'll leave out the fact that he's in control of your mind. He'll leave out the fact that you have no control over yourself. I'm preaching to somebody today. I'm preaching to some teenagers today. The enemy wants you to think the world has everything you need. It's easy. It's free. No rules. I got to tell you something today. You'll be bound. You'll be in bondage. Don't you remember? 
I'll tell you what we need to remember. The fact that God's eyes are always on us. <laughs> I'll tell you what you need to remember. You serve a God that loves you far greater. You serve a God that cares for you far greater than anything you're going through today, than anything you're battling through, than anything your family's struggling with today. I want to tell you this morning, don't fall for the lie that is better on the outside, that is better back in Egypt because it's not. They initiated, you may be seated, they initiated this conversation. Don't you remember? It was so much better, all the stuff we have. And the Bible says that they caused the children of Israel to weep. Anybody know somebody that's always crying? Come on. You might not be sitting next to them. Somebody that's constantly crying. You call them extra drama. They're crying. <laughs> You're like, what's wrong? The one time I order a pretzel and it's burnt. It's not fair. Oh, I was supposed to wear that dress tonight. Did you see the girl in section 113? She's wearing it. In a day session. Oh. Some people crying about everything. Children of Israel are crying again. And they ask a dangerous question. They say, who? Who can give us meat to eat? I want to tell some teenagers today because the enemy's been lying to you. And what he's been telling you is causing you to ask the same question. Who? As if there is an alternative to the God that you and I serve. Who can give us meat? As if. There's somebody that loves you more than God loves you. Who? As if there's somebody that's going to watch over your soul like he watches over your soul. You got to be so careful with the question that you ask, wanting to remove from where God belongs. Who? Who? Who can give us meat? The same God that brought you out of Egypt can provide for you. You don't need to ask who. You don't need to look elsewhere for opportunities. You don't need to look elsewhere for doors to open. You don't need to look elsewhere for somebody to protect you. You don't need to look elsewhere for your giftings and your talents and your abilities. When you have it in God, said who? There is no alternative. There is no alternative. It's God and God alone that we trust, that we turn to. Can I get a witness on this Friday morning? And it's there. I moved quickly this morning. Who? They say this. All we have is this manna. They missed the miracle that was in the manna. The Bible says in verse 9 of chapter 11, as the dew would fall, the manna would fall atop of it. Every time, every day, when the dew was there for the new day, the manna was there for the new day. Look at the person next to you say, God's ready to provide. God is able to provide every day of your life. 
Stop looking for other opportunities. Stop looking for other people. Stop looking for other things. Stop looking in relationships. Stop looking in hobbies. Stop looking in abilities. Stop looking for somebody to affirm you. Stop looking for that elsewhere. You have everything you need in God, your Savior. You have there. Stop asking who when you know him. And it's there. I've got to move quickly this morning as it begins to unfold. The manna is there, and they're tired of it. They don't want it. They said they're sick of the manna. We've had enough of the manna, I want to tell you today. And I've got to be quick, but I've got to tell you today, don't let your relationship with God ever get old. Don't let your passion for the things of God ever get old. Let there be a daily relationship that you have. Let there be a daily hunger that you possess for the things of God. Don't let the bread, don't let the manna, don't let it get old to you. Don't ever walk in and say, ah, it doesn't do anything for me. I don't really care. When it comes from God, you better pay attention to it. All we got is this manna. God hears it. For the sake of time, we got to move. God hears it. He tells Moses, tell the people, sanctify themselves. They want manna. I'm going to give them manna. Not 10 days, not one day. Not 20 days. I'm going to give them 30 days worth of manna. I'm going to give them so much manna, not to be nasty before lunch, but I'm going to give them so much manna that it's going to flow out of their nostrils. They wanted it. I'm going to give it to them. I want to tell somebody today, hear me. It might make sense now, but it'll definitely make sense later in your life. When you only focus on what you want, you will have absolutely no control over what you need. Hear me. When all you want is something outside of God, I don't want this man. I don't want what you've provided. I want something else. Do something else for me. When that's what you focus on, you're going to have absolutely no control over what you need for your life. The Bible says that the Lord caused a wind to blow from the east and quails came in three feet high. Everybody had quails. They were collecting quails for two days. So much meat, they were collecting it for two days. But the Bible says that while it was still in their mouth, while they were chewing what they asked for, while they were eating what they thought they wanted, the Lord sent a great plague to kill them. This morning in this teen session, you may not understand what your pastor, what your youth pastor, what your friends have been trying to challenge you with, trying to encourage you with, telling you, you don't need this in your life. You don't need that in your life. You thought it was just a cliche when they said, focus on your relationship with God. You thought, oh, that's just what everybody says. That's what every Christian leader is gonna say. Just focus on your relationship with God. I got to tell you, if you get what you want, it's not gonna be what you thought it was. They're chewing on quail meat, and God kills them in that moment. The Bible says in verse 34 that they had dug graves, and they called it Kibroth Hadabah, translated graves of craving. I want to tell this session this morning. Every person that walked out of Egypt had a promise, but they also had a choice. Are you going to give in to the cravings that you have from the past? Or are you going to make up your mind that you're going to embrace a new normal for your life? 
Are you going to hang on to what you've always known from before? Or is there something inside of you that says, God, as difficult as it is, as tough as it may be, I'm going to make up my mind on this Friday morning. I'm ready to embrace a new normal. I'm ready to leave behind those things. I know there's a mixed multitude that wants that. I know there's a mixed multitude that wants this. But there's something inside of me that as of North American Youth Congress 2019, I am approaching my life differently. I'm not going to act this way anymore. I'm not going to talk the same anymore. You need to tell the person next to you, I want you to know I'm going to be different because of this week. Would you stand with me for just a few minutes? Would you stand with me? No unnecessary going in or out. What begins to happen in this moment? There are graves that are dug for each and every one of us. Every one of us have a choice to make. You have a destination and you also have an option. What are you going to decide to do? You think it was just about this moment? You really think it was just about a, a quick boomerang that you can get, that you can post and think everything's gonna be good? There's some decisions you gotta make so that you take this back home. There's some applications that have to take place today that change what you're gonna do tomorrow. There's some things, there's some things that you've gotta decide intentionally there's some people I can't sit by. There's some people I can't hang with. There's some people I can't kick it with. There's some people that I'm not going to be able to pee with today because I've got to make up in my mind. I'm ready to embrace what God wants to do for me, and I'm never going to be the same. I'm never going to be the same. I'm not, I'm not okay with average. I'm not okay with whatever God wants to give me when it happens. No, I'm passionate about it. I'm ready for it. I've got to ask you right here this Friday morning, we have just a little bit of time of Congress left. What decision are you going to make for your life? Graves of craving are dug for everybody, but we don't have to be buried there. On this Friday morning, there are things that you're going through, things that you're going in and you've challenged yourself with. You've battled your heart, your mind, you've struggled. Some of you have walked in broken. You've walked in, I don't know. It was rough getting here. It was difficult just making the leap to be here. But now that you're here, I just want to encourage you today. God's got a new normal for your life. God's got a new normal for your youth group. God, you need to stop thinking that you can't do it. You need, to, you need to stop walking in insecure because, well, I'm just a teenager. What difference can I make? What impact can I have? I'm telling you today, it's a new normal. You're the one laying hands. You're the one teaching Bible studies. You're the one going, hey, hey, hear me today. You're the one filling up the auditoriums. You're the one baptizing people. Yeah, that's you. It's a new normal. You're going to another level in your life. You're not going to accept what you've always had. Would you lift your hands? Would you lift your hands all over the stadium this morning? Nobody knows like you know what you're going through. Nobody knows like you know what your past is. Nobody knows like you know what your old is, what that old reputation is, what you used to talk about, what you used to be like. But with your hands lifted, with your voice raised, right here on this teen session, we've got a general session here in just a few moments, but what would happen 
if this demographic, if the teenagers of North American Youth Congress set the pace on this Friday, on this final day of Youth Congress, with their hands lifted and their voice raised, would you cry out to God today? Because I don't think we're burying people today. We're not burying people in the graves of craving. Oh no, what we're doing is walking towards our promised land. What we're doing is walking to be the people that God has called us to be. If you believe that, would you worship God? Would you lift your hands? Would you receive his word today? For those that are broken, receive a new normal. For those that are struggling, for those that are struggling today, thinking I'm not talking about you, I am talking about you. Receive a new normal for your church. Receive a new normal for your group. Receive a new normal for yourself. You're called, you're anointed, you're who God wants today. You're who God came for this morning. Respond to it today. Would you lift your hands and would you worship him today? Don't let the music dictate your praise. Let your praise dictate what takes place. We got one more minute. Would you lift your hands? Come on, come on, come on, come on. God, there's nothing you cannot do here today. There's a new normal for broken. There's a new normal for those that have been in church all their life and they, they have accepted where they are. It's time to go higher. It's time to do more. We're not going to be okay with where we've always been. No, we're moving beyond into what you have promised and what you have called us for. If you believe that with worship on your lips, would you put your hands together? Would you magnify the Lord? Come on, worship is never out of order. Worship is always ready. Let it flow out of you this morning as we transition. Let it flow out of you this morning.